Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. An Erio's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we're speaking with Joel Best. Joel is a University of Delaware sociology and criminal justice professor. Since 1985, he has researched reports of Halloween candy tampering in the U.S. dating back to the 1950s. He wrote the article, The Razor Blade in the Apple, The Social Construct of Urban Legends, as well as the book, Threatened Children, Rhetoric and Concern About Child Victims. Let's hear what he has to say about the Halloween poison candy hysteria. Hi, Joel. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. So let's take it back to the beginning of this Halloween tradition. When and how did Halloween become an American tradition? and where, what are its roots? Well, uh, you know, you, you can get all kinds of histories about Halloween that go back to, you know, I don't know, ancient times. Uh, but, uh, and it was, it was often celebrated uh, in the United States as, uh, uh, you know, it had been All Saints Day in, in uh, uh, the Middle Ages. And, and when it got to the United States, there were, there were a variety of uh, traditions. I mean, people uh, really did bob for apples. Uh, they, uh, uh, there was a story that if uh, a, a woman uh, took a candle into a darkened room and looked, let's see, into her mirror over her shoulder, she would see the face of the man she would marry. Okay. <gasps> Creepy. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so so it was always a little bit spooky, uh, but. 
the Halloween that we think of as the traditional Halloween, you know, uh, young kids in costumes going out trick-or-treating is really an invention of, of post-World War II America. I don't want to say that it never happened any place before that, but um, there were a lot of places where Halloween had uh, usually been a holiday celebrated by adolescent boys who were committing acts of vandalism, you know, tipping over outhouses and things like that. And so um, there were communities that uh, kind of tried to domesticate the holiday and turn it into a community event, you know, uh, uh, small children going out, getting candy from the neighbors, saying trick or treat, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, it isn't, you know, some ancient holiday that people have always been doing. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's a relatively recent uh, 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 phenomenon. So when did reports of tampered candy start to pop up? What was well, the beginning of this poison candy hysteria? Yeah, uh, that's that's impossible to really know. Uh, uh, I had a, a folklorist friend who was older than I was, and she said that when she was a girl in the early 1950s, there were stories that she heard about people who would heat pennies on a skillet and then they would pour the hot pennies into the outstretched hands of trick-or-treaters. Okay, you know, so, so kind of a nasty thing. Um, you, you start to get these stories about people tampering with candy um, uh, sometime in the 1960s. It, it's pretty well established by the late 60s and, and uh, the early 70s. That's kind of, I think, the high watermark uh, uh, for concern about this. And, you know, there's a sense that something terrible is going on. In 1974, we have uh, Timothy O'Brien who died after ingesting poison candy, but it wasn't due to trick-or-treating. Who no. killed him? Well, his father did. And, and his father, uh, you know, I think his dad must have heard all of these stories about mm. uh, you know, kids getting poisoned uh, while trick-or-treating. And I think that he thought that he had the perfect crime. And so uh, he took out a life insurance policy on uh, his son. And then uh, he bought some poison and uh, got a big pixie stick and sub took out some of the granulated sugar and put in uh, this poison and, and gave it to his son before they went out trick-or-treating and said, you know, boy, here's this, this is going to get you started off with a great big piece of candy. And they went out and they trick-or-treated. And when they came back, supposedly he said to his son, now you can have one piece of candy. Uh, boy, I'll bet you want that pixie stick, huh? Because that's the biggest one. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, his son, uh, you know, ate the pixie stick, got sick, died. He called the police. The police came out. It was a successful uh, effort that is, uh, uh, you know, the police initially assumed that, oh, this is one of those cases you hear about where people poison candy. And they warned everybody, this is in a suburb of Houston, Texas, you know, uh, don't let your kid eat their candy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it took a couple of days. And then the police started to realize that there weren't any other kids with poison candy. And they started looking into O'Brien and they discovered that he'd taken out this life insurance policy and that he had, uh, 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 bought po uh, this uh, poison and so on. And so they arrested him and uh, he was tried and convicted. Now he never owned up to this. He, he, he always insisted that he was innocent. So he never confessed, uh, but it was in Texas and eventually 
uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, imprisoned, um, you know, and executed. Wow. And how was this murder portrayed in the media? Were any of the shocking headlines later retracted or? Oh, yeah. 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 What you got was, you know, and and, and this is a very telling case. Um, You know, my research has uh, was for a long time based on looking at press coverage in, in uh, the New York Times, the Chicago Tribune, and the Washington, or, I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Times. And those are the three biggest urban areas, and they're kind of spaced across the country in the, the East, the Midwest, and the West. And um, interestingly, all three of those papers uh, gave this story a lot of play. I'm not sure if they were all on the front page, but they were all, they, they, you know, when, when uh, it was announced that this kid had been murdered, um, uh, you know, this was, this was a big story. And, you know, Houston is not really close to any of those three cities. So you can see that if we had real cases of this, it would get a lot of press coverage. And um, uh, they also covered the story, not, you know, I think with the same intensity, but they, you know, it, it came out in a couple of days that, yeah, the dad had been arrested. And, uh, you know, then they, you know, over the years, there were, were smaller stories that he'd, uh, he'd been convicted and, and uh, uh, executed and, and so on and so forth. So the press covered it. And what other poisonings or, or tampering of candy uh, ha- have been linked to trick or treating? Has, have there been many others? Well, it, it depends on what you count. What I've done is I've looked at press coverage going back to 1958. And, and the reason 1958 was that I started this in 1983 and I thought I'd do 25 years. Okay. Mm. And I've updated it every year. And, you know, I count, what I count is cases where there's a story that tells me where it happened, you know, it happened in, in, in Houston, Texas, and what the problem was, you know, poison candy or a needle in a candy bar, whatever it is. And, you know, you get, you, you get a few of these over the years. I think they're probably, I'm probably up to 200 or something at this point. I don't remember. But um, uh, the, the bottom line is that I can't find any evidence that any child has ever been killed or seriously hurt by a contaminated treat picked up in the course of trick-or-treating, okay? Um, Now, uh, you know, I don't know that, you know, this has never happened, but the absence of press coverage makes me think, you know, know, given the treatment of uh, Timothy O'Brien's death, you know, know, I think this would be a big story, and there aren't any big stories like that. There are, uh, I think, four other cases where there's been a death that was originally attributed to poisoned Halloween candy. And in each case, um, uh, there's retraction. You know, there was one little guy uh, in Detroit who uh, uh, died of a heroin overdose. And uh, they, it was around Halloween and, and originally it was explained as well, he must have gotten poisoned candy. And then uh, it was, uh, there's a follow up story that said, well, actually, he got into his uncle's heroin stash and, you know, you know so on and so forth. There was, there was a little girl in Los Angeles who, uh, uh, who died while trick or treating, and her parents tried telling uh, people that she'd had a congenital heart condition from birth, and they, uh, uh, the press originally ran with the story that well she must have been poisoned, and then they backed off because of course uh, the autopsy revealed that uh, you know it had been a death from natural causes she she had this medical problem, so uh, you know how many times this happened I don't know. Uh, 
uh, when people try and follow these cases up, what they discover is that the great majority of them are hoaxes. Uh, and very often they're hoaxes perpetrated by the child who reports the problem, okay? That is, you take a pin, you stick it in a candy bar, you run in and you show your, your uh, parents, you say, look, mommy, look, daddy, see what I have. Uh, I got a pin in my candy bar and everybody gets very excited. Um, and, you know, it's it, that's perfectly consistent with the kind of pranking that we think of as traditional for Halloween. So what what is, have you found are the latest you know, is the latest substance that's uh, reportedly threatening to poison trick-or-treaters oh, yeah. in recent years. Yeah, What's yeah, the, the new the, one? Oh, the, well, this is THC, okay? Uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, uh, the intoxicating ingredient in marijuana, which you can get infused in, in various sorts of candies. And, um, you know, I started getting questions about this. Um, oh, God, I've forgotten uh, you know, roughly, I want to say 2014, it was the year after Colorado legalized uh, marijuana. And, um, you know, there are, there are very, you'll, you'll see videos that come out sometimes, you know, suggesting that they are the work of law enforcement. I'm not sure that that's really true, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll uh, show you a, a, a gummy bear and then they'll show you a uh, THC infused gummy candy. And, and you look at them, of course, they, they look exactly alike. And so the idea is, well, this is very dangerous. Um, <laughs> and, and um, you know, it, it, it's possible that it is. I have, I've heard of people uh, who wind up in emergency rooms because they have a bowl of uh, THC infused candy and they, they take one and they don't feel anything. So they, they take a couple more, you know, to see how it's, oh, no. it's going to be and, and, they, they, and, they, and they make themselves sick. So I don't, I don't doubt that somebody can make themselves sick. Apparently this stuff is extremely expensive and, you know, it's, you know, it's a little hard to imagine why people are going to spend a lot of money to give THC infused candy to kids. And in, you know, this has been going on, like I say, for, I don't know, seven years, something like that. And uh, I've never seen a follow-up report that uh, some child wound up in an emergency room, uh, you know, uh, sickened uh, from uh, having eaten a THC infused candy. I don't know that it hasn't happened, but I don't think that, you know, this is a big threat either. But that's what everybody's talking about these days. Every couple of years, why you know you'll get a new wave of concern about that, and, and twenty twenty one has been big on that. Wow. So, how how do you find that these reports reflect on the cultural anxieties of the times? Oh well, yeah. I think you see my my interpretation of this, and this is a little weird, I suppose. <laughs> but my interpretation of this is that we are surrounded by uh, warnings about apocalyptic uh, threats, okay? So that, you know, uh, there's nuclear war, there's there's climate change, there's, uh, uh, you know, an Ebola epidemic, there's, you know, there are all these things. And of course, um, this, this is all very overwhelming. You know, it could all come falling apart. And, uh, you know, I can't do anything about it except, you know, maybe taking a cloth bag to the supermarket, which doesn't seem like that's gonna make a big difference, you know? And, and I think that that we translate a lot of that anxiety into uh, worries about children because children are the walking, talking future. All right. And so 
you know, we, we become concerned with trying to protect our children. And we're doing that in all kinds of ways. You know, we, we have these Kevlar, uh, uh, huge Kevlar car seats and so on that, that we're using at this point. But, um, you know, I think Halloween uh, sadism is a particularly terrific thing to worry about. Because uh, if you think about it, this is a story about down the block from you. There's somebody who is so crazy that they will try to poison little children at random. But this person is so tightly wrapped, he only does it one night a year, okay? And so, you know, you can, if you're worried about this, you know, don't let your kids go trick-or-treating. Go with them when they go trick-or-treating. Take them trick-or-treating at the mall. Go trunk-or-treating at the church parking lot. Uh, if your community still is x-raying treats, you know, you can go out there treats x-ray. You can inspect all their treats uh, when they get home, you know, to make sure that they haven't been tampered with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you wake up on November 1st and the family gathers around the breakfast table, you can count noses and you can sigh in relief and you can say, Phew, we made it. We don't have to worry about this for another 364 days. Okay. So if, if you're going to worry about something, what a great thing to worry about because it's so manageable. Wow. So what should parents actually be concerned about while trick-or-treating, if not their candy? Oh, oh Halloween is dangerous. Okay. <laughs> uh, this, this, is, this is true. There, there, are people, there are people that have done studies of this and emergency room admissions for children are higher on Halloween than on any other holiday, okay? Fourth uh, of July comes in second because people are blowing up their fingers, you know, and so on. And, and um, what happens to kids on Halloween is you're, you're sending tens of millions of children out into the dark, okay? And they, you know, bad things can happen to them. They can get hit by cars. Um, they can uh, get tangled up in their costume or they can, you know, they, they can't see out of their mask and they fall down and hurt themselves. I mean, there, there are all kinds of, of real things you might worry about. But, you know, the kids that are showing up in the emergency room are not showing up because, they, you know, they've uh, eaten a razor blade and an apple or something like that. They're showing up because they, they fell down or they got hit by a car or something like that. Wow. So at the end of the day, we always ask our guest experts this question. If you had to pick a person or a thing, it can be a concept, that you think is to blame for the Halloween-poisoned candy hysteria over the years, who or what would that be? I think it's anxiety about the future. You know, I, wow. I, I, think, I think it's this, you know, this, kind of, this kind of global sense that, God, we live in the dangerous world, and uh, I got to protect my kids. Okay, well... Thank you so much, Joel. We are going to have to uh, discuss and, I, and we, we circled around this topic. So we're happy to hear. We love to hear we might be right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to tell people that I didn't think there was anything to this and they would just get outraged. You know, it was, it was just like, of course, there's something uh, to this. Everybody knows this is true. And um, so, you know, and, and I've been you know, I've been giving this interview for 36 years, 37 years. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's really been a lesson in humility because I've, I've been on TV. I've, you know, I've done podcasts, I've been on websites, I've been interviewed, you know, in magazines and newspapers and so on and so forth. And, 
you know, it lives on. And the bottom line here is that an urban legend is harder to kill than a vampire. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. You're, 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 you're doing, you're, you're the good work. You're out there <laughs> doing the good work. Good work. It's, <laughs> seasonal <job. laughs> it's a seasonal job. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joel. All right. Thank you. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello, hello. And fact checker Chris Smith. Yellow. Great. I mean, just so great to have uh, Joel on the show um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and and kind of give us a breakdown. It sounds like he has been making the rounds too. A lot so, of yeah. uh, you know requests for Joel to come and you know tamp down those uh, Halloween fears. He's busy, right. but he's not as busy as the ghost that couldn't show up on the. Uh... <laughs> Other episode, right? That's right. The Lizzie Borden one. <laughs> mm. Right. That's right. Yeah, it's busy season for him. Yeah, it's busy season for ghosts, then vampires, then ghouls, right? Then urban legends, then and urban then Joel legend, Best. And then Joel Best, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Werewolves are very busy this, witches, this time of year. Witches, witches too. Yeah, that's right. Even jack-o'-lanterns, um, little pumpkins. Mm, for sure. Yeah. You see it at the... You see it on the rates um, at the gas pump. Uh, the ex- <laughs> you know, it's ex- more expensive for them to get around. Um, no, but I, I actually, I really, as a fellow fact checker, uh, Joel, obviously, uh, he and I have a kinship there. Um, Joel, <laughs> right? What what I liked about Joel was that he is basically a quality control specialist for fears and anxieties, mm. and he's basically saying these fears and anxieties that you have about Halloween. They can be redirected in in more efficient ways. It's a total it, waste right. of fear right. and anxiety. Into um, wardrobe malfunctions. That that's what we should actually be worried about. That was a huge one. It was a huge, <laughs> right? huge one. And, and it makes a lot of sense. Why are we giving kids these masks where they can't see? 
you right. know, through the eyes. It, Can't breathe. <laughs> you know, and it's and, true. Yeah. I And one thing yeah. Joel said was, you know, car, he said, uh, people, yeah, we should be concerned about getting hit by cars or, or yeah, these masks uh, being uh, suffocating or whatever. But another thing he didn't he didn't mention was mistaken identity uh, issues. I mean, there everyone's wearing a costume. Suddenly, you're uh, you know you get mixed up with the wrong group. Uh, who knows what could happen? So that th- that's another fear we should be thinking about with uh, regard to Halloween. Waking up in the wrong house because there you, you go. were home with the wrong the wrong parents. <laughs> That's sure. right. I mean, what they do some spooky Halloween decorations. It's possible you go into the wrong house. Right. Um, I felt like there was so much talk about, you know, there's always scapegoating, like drugs are always like a big part of this Halloween thing. And I was wondering, and maybe this plays into what you're saying, Chris, with the mistaken identity is that I feel like all the parents maybe just want to get high. So the parents <laughs> all just get messed up on Halloween and if anything goes wrong, they can blame the candy. So, like, for example, when they wake up the next morning all hungover and they realize they brought home the wrong child. <laughs> right. It's, it's the candy's fault because it was poisoned by drugs. That's right. By the right. crazy guy down the street. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's a scapegoat. It's yeah, really, def- it's, it's, that yeah. should be a, that'd be a great Halloween costume, a scapegoat. <laughs> um, Speaking so, of drugs, though, I, yeah, go ahead, Rebecca. Uh-huh. Where were you going to take the I conversation? Was just, I was wondering uh, what we ended up sending. Uh, I'll tell you. We ended yeah, up sending to jail misplaced cultural anxiety. Ding, ding, God, ding, ding, it. ding. I love Boom. it. Love and we it. slapped the media. Gosh, I just love it. I just... It's so... Feels there good. There are so few times where yeah. we <laughs> right? nailed this. Right? <laughs> Feels good. Celebrate your uh, victories, you know, st- as they for say. Sure. For sure. I I want to just say out loud again what he said that I think Chris, both and I, we immediately started writing down in our notes, which was urban legends are harder to kill than a vampire. That's mm. like, that was a really powerful statement. I love that. I'll, I mean, put that on a banner on a t-shirt you can't, or yeah, something. Like vampires, like if they exist, they're tangible. Like you can come at them with a wooden stake through the heart. Right. But you can't, an urban legend is like, there's, it's amorphous. You can't grab hold of it. It just right. goes wherever it's, you can't stop the spread. Well, it sort of genius. circles back. It sort of circles back to what we were talking about. Um, just about media in general. They're more interested in a narrative that has more intrigue and is more exciting. You know, it sounds like something you'd you'd read in a in a mystery novel or something mm. like that. Um, and I think people are just and that makes me think of um, the sort of widespread sort of conspiracy theories that sort of are way more compelling to these people mm. uh, who believe in them um, ac- across, especially in the United States. Uh, to to me that that uh it makes almost perfect sense right that the the what's happening in reality is so stressful and there's so many things that are out of our control um we're so um so anxious about the future that we sort of latch on to these stories um yeah. that we can kind of uh let our sort of imaginations uh, run wild with and yeah. that to me is is scarier than uh, than a witch uh, on a broomstick. I'll be honest. 
Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Chris. We're grasping at straws here. We're just so anxious. We're trying to 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 feed feed the anxiety with you know and 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 uh, help ourselves you know calm these fears and anxieties, and we're just adding more adding more to the pile. Mm-hmm. Right. Not really. We're not really addressing the main issue, which is we're scared AF. We are yeah. scared AF. <laughs> I know. Right. Well, this is what was so good about the alarmist, I think. And I, I don't know how you want to uh, approach this, Rebecca, but there is there a way to call some something like this, this uh, Halloween candy hysteria? Do we call this a false alarm? Um, or something like that, where where it we is. as the alarm we as the alarmy, we as the alarmist. It's like we're the, yeah, humans who cried, you know, it's like boy who cried wolf, but like people who cried. Poison candy. Yeah. The people who cried poison candy. Right. Um, The people versus poison candy. It's a case. It is a false alarm. And I think that's why I wanted to cover it because uh, there's no need for us to be worried about. There's a lot, you know, there are bigger things we can be worried about than the candy that trick-or-treaters are. Are, are being given. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that it's, it's important. It just as much as that we should be alarmed about other things, you know, let's get to the bottom of the things that we should actually be alarmed about. Yes. Let's we have, it's there's just too much out there. Sure. There's too much out there to be alarmed. So let's focus on the, the really alarming things. Mm-hmm. Well so, said. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm thank you to Joel best. And thank you guys for uh, listening today, all of our listeners out there. Uh, Thank you, Clayton. Thank you, Chris. And stay tuned because next week we're, you know, we're not, it's no more Halloween. We are going to be covering the feud between Elizabeth I, Queen Elizabeth I, and Mary, Queen of Scots. It's really juicy. I mean, it's it's one of those that are out of, like, people met. You're not going to want to miss it. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.